Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. First Samuel chapter 17, and Jesse said to his son David, take now for your brothers an ephod of dried grain and 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captains of their thousands, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. And all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli, fighting with the Philistines. Verse 20, So David arose early in the morning, and left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array against the army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And so David heard them and the men of Israel, and they saw the man, and they fled from him, and when they were dreadfully afraid. Verse 25. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter and give his father's house an exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Verse 31. Now when the word which David spoke was heard, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Like somebody's saying, like, who's saying that around here? That's, you know, we haven't heard that. The words which David spoke were heard. They reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight the Philistines. And Saul said to David, he said, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out and struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by the beard, struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So I want to pause there just for a minute. You know, where did this attitude come from? I mean, here's the whole army, all right? All his brothers are there. You know, it's a major scene. And where did David get this overcoming attitude? So I just kind of want to plant that thought in your heart that why is he the only one? We know that he was a psalmist and he worshiped the Lord. You know, he spent time worshiping with the sheep. He was playing his instruments. So he had worship time with God. Verse 38, so Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And he said to Saul, I cannot walk, 
for these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. And really, David walked a different walk. He wasn't, he could not fight this battle. He couldn't go against Goliath, some armor that was untested. I think it's interesting that he recognized that. Verse 40, he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistine, so the Philistine came up and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And the Philistine looked about and saw David, and he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come out to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, and this is the, I love this attitude. You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defile. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air that all that the earth may know, that there is a God in Israel. All this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give me you into my hand. Verse 48, So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistines. So he's running at them. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it at the Philistine. He struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine, and with a sling and a stone, struck the Philistine and killed him. So he, he didn't have a sword. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and killed him. He cut off his head, and that's significant. And I think when David, he was aiming for that head. So he looked at all the armor. He said, you know, these stones are just going to bounce off all the coat of mail, right? What's a little stone going to do? You can see the armor. So he was a good shot. Obviously, he had the Lord with him, you know, and that stone was guided. And it hit him right in the head, and it sunk into his head. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem and put his armor in his tent. But Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we know the story where Eve is being tempted, and she eats, and, you know, she eats the apple, and Adam eats as well. And the Lord says, from now on, you, meaning Satan, the serpent spirit, and the woman will be enemies, as will your offspring and hers. You will strike his heel, but she, and in this case, David, and ultimately us, we will do what? We will crush his head. The Lord has enemies, and he wants to crush the head of his enemies. And what was David doing? David was crushing the head of the enemy, didn't he? He hit the enemy with a stone in the forehead. It sank in there, and then he cut his head off. And so we have an enemy that what's he doing? He's striking our heel. He's bruising our heel. He's trying to grab your heel. He, he's trying to prevent you from going on to things of the Lord. And what is the Lord saying? You have the authority to crush his head. It's like when you're being attacked, crush it. And that's what David did. David said, first of all, 
This isn't, what is this Philistine? Who does he think he is? He's the only one in the army that, that was actually, had the faith of God to believe Israel should not be servants. The enemy wants us to become servants of him. Philistines wanted Israel to be servants. The devil wants, see, you're going to serve somebody. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the spirit of darkness. We don't want to do that. We want to serve the Lord. But our responsibility is to do what David did. We rise up in faith. David wasn't there like, let me show you what I have. Let me let me impress you with my gifts and talents. He had a heart for Israel and the fact that this Philistine was mocking the Lord and was belittling Israel. He was intimidating Israel. In Romans chapter 16, verse 20, it says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. So we always thought, well, hold it. The Lord, the Lord's gonna, the Lord's gonna crush Satan. He is, but he's gonna use us to do it. David's actions, what did it do? It liberated all of Israel, the whole nation. Now, the opposite of this is when you don't have faith in, in the book of Exodus, when Moses, the first time he sent the spies out, they came back and the majority of them gave a bad report. Ten of them gave a bad report. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, gave a good report, but the ten gave a bad report. What was the effect of that bad report? Over a million people wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of the actions of 10 people. Think about that. 10 people gave a bad report, and it, a million people, over a million, they say about a million and a half people, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because 10 of the leaders didn't have faith to believe. David's part of that Caleb and Joshua company. So we, we have to have this overcoming faith in God that God wants to do this. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 44, the Lord said to him, Sir, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord has enemies. He could just swoop down and send his angels. You know, the Lord Jesus said that. I could call down a legion of angels. We see in the Bible what one angel can do. But what the Lord wants to do is he wants to use the church. See, now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made manifest to the lost. No, the principalities and powers in the, in the kingdom of darkness. When he said, you know, I'm going away, but it's to your advantage I go away because greater works than these will you do. We always think, well, okay, well, we're going to walk on water. We're going to, you know, we're going to feed thousands and heal people and raise the dead. Isn't that what we're going to do? Yes, but more than that, when the Lord said, John, it says in 1 John, I think chapter 3, it said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. That's the Lord's coming to restore all things, but he's got to knock out his enemy. And his enemies have been occupying places for thousands of years. So he's saying, yeah, I could do it, but I want to use my church to do it. I want my church to crush these things. I want them. They're going to be nipping at your heel, but you have the power to crush them. When he sent the 70 out, they came back and reported to him. They said, wow, Lord, you know, at your name, you know, we're casting out devils. And he said, I saw Satan falling from the rule and reign that he's that he had over the culture in those generations. They were that 70 was out there displacing it. That brings God glory. They're bred for us. Do you remember that in, in Exodus? He said, We can do this, we can go into the promised land. I mean, they brought back these grapes, they were so big. 
they had to like hang the things between, you know, you know, two donkeys or whatever. I'm not sure how they transported. These were like grapes, like cantaloupes. It, it was a land flowing with milk and honey, but they didn't want to go in. But it gives the Lord pleasure. So we say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be pleasing to you. He's saying, please do step up, have this attitude that was in David. And I want to make all my enemies a footstool. I want them under my feet, but they've got to go under your feet because you're my body. We're the body. He's the head. We're the body. So his feet are our feet. The book of Acts, and it's Stephen's address. Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit. And what happens, some people accused him of speaking against the nation of Israel. They could refute his words. He was so powerful in the Spirit. They, you know, they approach him and they're making these false accusations against them. So he just starts going into this beautiful pictorial address. He walks through the call of Abraham, the history of Israel through Moses, the history of Israel rebelling, right, against God, and then the tabernacle in the wilderness. And then finally, he gets to the real root issue. And that's where I want to enter into this story. It's in verse 51. And he finally says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Well, that got their attention. Because before, he's just telling this beautiful story of the, the history of Israel. But he says to them, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Verse 52, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one of whom you now have become betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Now, you notice something here? Where did this attitude come from? Where did Stephen come from? How did he get this overcoming attitude where he's so bold, he's right up in their grill saying, look, I know the history of our nation, and he laid it out beautifully. He said, but here's the problem. You are always resisting the Holy Spirit. It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed at him with their teeth, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, he's looking into heaven, and he sees the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now, I've thought about this. I always felt Jesus is standing there because Stephen's about to be martyred. I don't think so. I think there are a lot of people that were martyred and the Lord remained on his throne. But I think Jesus was standing because Stephen was crushing the demonic stronghold that had been over this nation. He's just like David is like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine mocking the nation? It's like, why are we letting this guy get away with this? The leaders of Israel, they've already killed the Lord. Now they're coming after Stephen, and he's hes standing there in the power of God, and this thing is nipping at his heel, isn't it? And what is he doing? He's crushing it. He isn't coming under it. He isn't trying to go into a defensive mode. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend uh, you know, I, you know, we want peace, we want peace, but you know, there is no peace. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I, and there's a division. When you start standing with the Lord in the kingdom of heaven, believe me, 
you know, the Lord has enemies. We know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood people. God's using a body of believers and Satan's using a body of unbelievers. So we end up fighting this war many times through people. So these religious leaders are there, the same ones that had crucified Christ, and they're there. And he finally says, look, you guys are always resisting the Holy Spirit. That's the problem here. God is moving. What you're seeing happening, you know, Peter preaching his message, you know, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 getting saved. This is a move of God. They're trying to shut it down. And he's like, it's not going to happen. Look at the boldness of this young man contending with these religious leaders. Look at the boldness. Look at the boldness of David. So, Mark, why are, you, why are we going through all this? Because I want to inspire you and me and for us to inspire others that we have to have this overcoming, victorious attitude that when the enemy comes and grabs us by the ankle and says, you're not going any further. You know, I don't want you to spiritually progress anymore. You shake it out and you crush the head of that thing. You crush anything, addictions that want to come, people lying about you, uh, depression, you know, sickness, anything. We're crushing these things that, that want to take us out. That's available to me and you. We just have to believe God. But our spirit man, if we're feeding him and he's strong, he's like, we can do this thing. Paul said, look, we, I can do all things through the power of Christ in me. And we don't want to resist the Lord. But when we come against people that do, we don't come under them. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, every priest standing ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered, which is Christ, one sacrifice for sins, he has sat down at the right hand of God. For by one offering, he has perfected forever, that's me and you, those who are being sanctified. From that time, it says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 13, this is the key verse. From that time, the Lord is waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected those who are being sanctified. You have to have victory over your enemies in your own life. You have to, you know, we're experiencing more and more peace here in our home and in our life. And I can tell you why. It's because of this, because we faithfully have not succumbed to the enemy. They've mocked us. They've tried to displace us, but we've stood our ground. We've taken every vain imagination, every lofty thought that wants to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. We've taken all that into captivity. We've crushed those things. We've said, no, we're going to be victorious. David, at the end of his life, we see David, okay, we see what he did to Goliath. He crushed his head. But David was such a warrior for God. And what was God using him for the majority of his life? Yes, he was writing the Psalms and worshiping, but he was a man of war. He was such a man of war. He had so much bloodshed. The Lord said, you can't build me a house because, you know, I, I, Solomon will build me a house. When Solomon became king, do you realize there was no more? He had conquered everybody. There was peace in Israel. Solomon did not have, you know, to send armies out. He wasn't like David. He wasn't out when kings go out to battle. When David didn't go out to battle, he got in trouble. He was a man of war. He was out there, but he wasn't battling. He was battling for the Lord. We are, we're, we're his offspring, right, through Christ. God wants to bring the victory so that there can be peace. There can be peace in your inner peace in your life. Can be peace in your home. 
but we have to crush all those enemies that are nipping at our heel and shake them off and, and have this overcoming attitude. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thank you.